Hello, welcome to the High Hops Podcast with your host, Bradley Wye. With me, as always, Pipeline Fangirl. <laughs> Phoebe Ward. You are as well. I am, I am. Well, obviously, as we mentioned last week, and I've already mentioned, this week we are <laughs> looking at and talking with... We are talking about Pipeline, and we're talking to Johnny of Pipeline. We are. Um, I guess Pipeline is um, up-and-coming brewery. Very much so. Only found out during this they'd been around for the last couple of years. We found out about them at a tri-January event that we discuss in this episode mm-hmm. uh, at Vessel at the beginning of the year, even though it feels like many, many years ago. It really does. Um, and immediately, I think we were blown away. Blown away, um, being the IPA. Uh, well, we're fans of hops. Love lovers that we are. Immediately drawn to these kind of beers that he he puts out and Mm. being from Falmouth, the incredible water supply that they have access to, which makes those beers even better. So if you're a fan of places like Verdant, their quality IPAs, uh, you should definitely be having a look at this brewery uh, into the future. Anyway, without further ado, here is our interview with Pipeline. I'm Johnny, I'm the founder of Pipeline. Um, it's pretty much me. There's another guy called Will who helps out with sales. You might have come across Will. He's a great help because it's it's so hard doing it all yourself. It truly is. But yeah, I'm, I'm the guy that set the whole business up, does all the brewing, comes up with all the crazy, wacky ideas for doing uh, whatever we're going to brew each brew day. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's quite it's quite a bit of weight on my shoulders, but I love it. it seems to be seems to be going well. So oh yeah. <laughs> and whereabouts are you guys based? Because you're you're southwest, aren't you? Yeah, down in St. Agnes. Yeah, north north coast of Cornwall. Nice. Yes, it is just lovely. Do you want to talk about sort of like, I guess, your background? What what made you want to get into, you know, into making brewing. a brewery? Yeah, brewing and opening a brewery. Sure. Well, this is a pretty long story, really, but I'll cut, I'll cut it pretty short. Um, <laughs> no, we got so, editing for that. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. So basically, um, my career has been pretty varied. I've been an engineer. Um been into management, um, been in construction, and now I'm into brewery, into brewing. Um, but I've been doing brewing and construction for the last probably ten or twelve years, mm. side by side. Mostly, mostly home brewing for the first maybe eight years of that. Um, and I realised actually that the beers that I'm making are the kind of beers that I want to be drinking, and all my mates did too. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a little bit of the pressure that was pushing me towards doing it commercially rather than just doing it for fun. Uh, the beers that I was drinking were um, not quite hitting the mark for me until Vernon came out with their style, of course, which hit, hit the market full in the face. Mm. No one had been drinking those kind of beers before, so they, they came to it just at the right time. But I was making those kind of beers in the homebrew scale yeah. um, at a similar sort of time, so um, it was nothing new to me to make these beers, but just doing it commercially is quite a, quite a different thing, you know, setting up the difference between doing 25 litres and doing... 600 liters which is the brew length from one of the minute mm. was was quite a step up but it's, it's taken two or three maybe four years from when i first started to plan to make it come into fruition um but two years in now from pipeline launching the first beers um we've hit the road running and gathered momentum all the way and now i'm pretty pleased with the place that we're at yeah so much so that we're going to be expanding um into a bigger premises and a bigger brew house um hopefully that'll come just after christmas Brilliant. So we're scaling that up to um, 15 hectolitres now, so nice. going to treble production. 
Ooh, the awesome. next jump up. The next one, yeah, I've seen. <laughs> yeah, it. It, it seems huge, but it, it's it's something I didn't want to jump into straight away because you never know when you're starting up a business to begin with whether that would be successful. But yeah. since it has been successful, it seems the right time to throw some more money at it. Yeah. Quite, yeah. quite a bit more money, but yeah, go what, for it. What style of beers did you come out the gate with when you when you first kind of opened to the public? Good question. Um, bit of a combination. Easy drinking four percenters was what I was really being pushed for by um, quite a lot of places. Mm. That's what when you go and talk to people, what beers sell the most? It's all it's always the session beers or the pails and things mm. like that. Um, so to start with, I was I was doing that, um, but really I wasn't quite happy doing that because not I don't I don't love a four percent beer. It's got its time and its place, mm. but give me a six percent one with a bit more flavour behind it. Yeah, I'll drink that. I'll probably drink less of them because I'll be I'll be smashed down the pub like anyone else. You know, I'm not not immune to alcohol, but I'd rather have a tasty drink than just drink something a bit more boring and bland, but mm. more of it. Yeah, mm. yeah. I would. Uh, I'd say. I, I I wonder if you'd agree with me that it's it's very. And I'm going to use the phrase, and I know some people just really dislike it, but it's you're so hop forward, like it's it's like you know you've got some juice bombs, and we're we're currently drinking your um your dry hopped lager pipe time. Mm. And it's it's like, it, to me, that's this is different from what I've had from you guys previous. And it's really fresh. And yeah, it's not like the, the big hazy stuff that you do do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, with a lager, you, I, I've done IPLs before. Mm. Um, and that came out really well. I was really pleased with that. But it, it was so much like an IPA. Yeah. That you couldn't really spot the lager side to it. And lagers are really clean and, fresh yeah um they got a nice bite to them and if you put too many hops in there it can muddle that a little bit so yeah this one it, it is dry hopped but it's nothing like as dry hopped as just a pale would be or one of our ipas mm. um probably a quarter of the rate mm. maybe maybe a bit more than that but um for this one yeah, yeah. i think you push too many in there and it, it really does take over the flavor you, you People want to buy a lager because they like the flavour of lagers, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's um, it's it's got a nice sweetness to it. It's got that like, um, it's, it's a subtle maltiness. It's not like in your face. Sometimes you'll have a lager and it's like malt, <laughs> or it's like the bitterness sure. of hops. So this is a really nice balance of like that sweet kind of, and it's it's got that softness. This is what I say about Pipeline constantly. Mm. The mouthfeel of Pipeline. Like I've said it in multiple episodes now. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like what? I don't understand the water down there. Is it like magical, mystical, like glittery water? Like you're so. Talking, yeah, we yeah, get it from this. We get it from the pixie well. That's why it's so, <laughs> so good. Uh, no, no. Well, yeah, it is. It is soft in Cornwall. Um, mm. It's pretty soft down most of here, down most of Cornwall. Not everywhere because it depends where they get the water from. There's a few reservoirs because I totally looked into this. Mm. So important part of brewing to get the water right. Mm. Um, there are two places that St Angus gets its water from, but ninety-five percent of the time it's um, it's pretty local, and then another five percent it comes from somewhere else. And that's you can notice a difference. There is tangible differences mm. in that in the makeup of it. We obviously can't get it analysed each time, um, but there's a little little bit of water chemistry that we can do just to check it before we start brewing and make the adjustments. So yeah, you. If it's constantly pretty much the same, which it is, doesn't vary that much, then yeah, we can get that pretty dialed in. But yeah, you're right. Mouthfeel is what it's all about for me. Yeah. I think it's the first first bit you get really, the hops are supplemental to that. If you've got a really bitter beer, loads of hops, it's awful. In terms of pipeline, um, 
obviously you've got down in the southwest you've got quite a couple of other the big boys to contend with as you've mentioned already uh verdant uh there's black flag um how do you sort of how do you set like your kind of oh you know and old older breweries like st hostel how do you sort of like kind of get people to notice you like especially since because you're it, it's when you started it was just you if, am i wrong in thinking no that's right yeah totally just me how um, did you kind of like go hey we're here and you know make a name for yourself i think the beer did that mm. i didn't really go out shouting about the beer I didn't put any press releases out um didn't spend any money on advertising <laughs> whatsoever just um kind of got on the paper and I went and saw a few bars that I'd like to be uh, pouring at, like Hand Bar down in Falmouth, which is sadly gone now. Yeah. But Pete that ran that, I went in to see him, and he's, he's been, he was a bit of a star, to be honest. He, he took me straight on, and yeah, we'll get you pouring. I think he took six kegs off me there and then, wow. and a few cases of bottles, which I was doing at the time, which he, did, he said wouldn't sell, and he was absolutely right. Bottles didn't sell particularly well. Cans, can't make enough of them. Bottles. <laughs> Same product in a bottle just doesn't sell. It's the way things go. Mm. But yeah, that, that's basically how it started. Just going and talking to people, do some samples, see what they thought. And they loved it. Went mm. from there. Yeah. Strength to strength. Yeah. Well, now you're like, you're kind of, I mean, I was on a, a craft beer channel live and, uh, you know, the words getting around, uh, pipelines come up. And um, so, how far are you actually, are you? managing to get now are you up country are you international now how far are you managing to get well international no but we, we mm. get asked every must be every week i'll get an email from distributors in spain italy france where wherever not so much germany so they've got quite a huge scene there um but yeah i get asked to distribute internationally which we're not doing yet we're, mm. we're struggling to meet demand in the domestic market until we mm. complete this expansion program mm. um but yeah i think We've we've managed to get ourselves into the I don't want to say the absolutely the top tier, but we're certainly rubbing shoulders with the big boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that to me is a massive compliment. It's, it's huge. Mm. You know, your peers are everything in, in this industry, and yeah. them to take us under their wing and want to do work together. It's been it's been phenomenal. So long may it continue. <laughs> yeah. we've, got a, we've got a few lined up that um, can't talk about yet because they've not been released. But there's, <laughs> there's one that did get released last week a week before the northern monk one that we did with mm. uh, mona island and alpha delta yeah uh, that one's been a huge success as well mm. so hopefully we get to do a bit more of that yeah yeah i uh, I, I, had, I managed to get a hold of that one and uh i, I put, again i was like that mouthfeel that's all that's pipeline <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can sense the pipeline in it so i was amazed by that because that's like yeah a bunch of amazing breweries mm. together i was so happy with yeah that. i was like oh and I think in a good way, like you guys, you, you, your pipeline already feels like a bigger brewery. Mm. Yeah, I do hear that a fair bit. Yeah, your People name's say, getting a lot of, like everywhere. Which I now. hope doesn't sound like a bad thing to say, but like you, you, <laughs> do, you know, you imagine, you know, it to stand next to, like I've you know mentioned the other ones already, but you imagine it to be bigger than it is. So I think it's incredible that it is just, it has been for the longest time, just you. Yeah, thanks very much. How, well, how's it, how's it changed now? So how's, how's the company grown and how are you sort of, where, where do you see it now progressing for you um, as the business? Cause you mentioned already that you would, you were running pipeline part-time essentially, or I guess full-time and then doing another job as well. 
Yeah, yeah. I've been doing two full-time jobs for a few years now, mm. which seems almost unbelievable that you can fit so many hours in. But um, <laughs> because because the breweries um, at home where I live got an enormous workshop, which we split in half and converted right. half into a brewery and the other half into storage space, etc. Um, it it kind of helps. Uh, I'm at home. I don't have to be away from the home. So my wife and kids don't mind so much that I'm in the brewery most of the time that I'm at home. Yeah. At least they know where to find me. <laughs> um, but no, that, that, I've outgrown that now. The space that we've got here isn't big enough. Mm. Um, so premises just down the road, it's a, it's, a, it's a push bike distance away. It's probably about 500 yards away. Right. little industrial estate in the village, which it's not easy to get premises near nearby here it's, mm. it's not an industrial area St Agnes yeah if you go to Red Ruth or Camborne or maybe even Truro there's plenty around but I wanted to keep it nice and local um so I've been waiting for this to come up and it's finally got this the keys on 1st of October that we move in yeah. um the plan is to get a tap room in there as well yes that was so we'll be employing a few question. more people to run the bar for me and um help support that side of things amazing um, yeah we'll be looking to part of this expansion is we'll be looking to take people on yeah um can't can't carry on doing everything by yourself. It's just <laughs> physically impossible to package it all for one thing. Uh, yeah, and I expect that demand will continue to rise as it seems to week on week. Yeah. Mm. Uh, with that kind of uh, hiring new people, do you maybe not in the in the coming year or ne- even the next? But do you see yourself at some point needing to step away as kind of head brewer, or do you feel like you'll always want to have kind of one foot in in that position? that's an interesting question well if you're running a brewery I, I, I think if it was just a paperwork exercise and it was just being basically counting the beans I don't think I'd be happy okay. that's yeah. not yeah. that's not hands on enough for me Yeah, mm. I've, I've got to get stuck in there I always have yeah. not want to stand there and watch someone else do the work <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah. A lot of people feel that way. It's like it's their baby. Yeah, like, I want to do. I, I, I guess brewery. in terms of like you know it's 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 your product. You know, you're you don't want to hire another brewer because then it would kind of you can teach them how you want to do things, but then it kind of becomes their their drink. They can and do what they want. It's not quite yours. <laughs> well, I guess there is some of that, but there's a, a level at some point which you're going to have to um, just say, okay, we need to spread the role a little bit, need some help with this, mm-hmm. train someone up and on the equipment. Yeah. So, you know, any, any brewer that's worth his salt will know how to how a beer gets made. Yeah. Uh, it's just following a process, essentially. Yeah. Um, you get given a recipe and you just have to follow the recipe. I'm, I'm sure that that would be feasible enough. There's plenty of breweries like Verdant and Northern Monk again that yeah. not plenty of brewers that work for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the head brewer will be the one that's responsible for the recipes and coming up with all the new plans for different beers that are coming out. Yeah. So I, I'm, I don't think that's ever going to change. Right now, what what offering can people expect with Pipeline? Like, even if the, the you know the, the beers are slightly changing, what can people expect to get from you guys at the moment? Is it the full range? Is there a very specific kind of area you guys are really targeting? Anything with more hops than you can shake a stick at is generally <laughs> what we do. Yeah. Um, without making it too bitter, you, you know, mm. if you touched on the mouthfeel there, that's really important to keep that in a good balance and keep that signature mouthfeel going. Mm. You can over, you can overdo it. Our beer is going to just be hop forward, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. we do these lagers, which we're going to talk about tonight. Mm. Don't tend to brew dark beers. We get asked about dark mm. beers. Don't tend to brew those. And that's, that's slightly selfish of me because I don't particularly like them. Right, yeah. So, so that and sour beers are uh, a little bit down my wish list. Yeah. 
I'm getting back, getting there on sour beers. I had a couple the other night, which were probably only just gateway sours for anyone with a decent palate. But They're beer. really hard. I'm still, I still struggle. I've, I've, oh, I've tried loads of different ones, but I like the subtle ones. And I think I was listening to a podcast today about how you know people tend to think you know the more sour I can drink, the better beer drinker I am. So breweries <laughs> are feeling the pressure to make these crazy like face screwing <laughs> sour bombs but i like the subtle ones so like things like um sleeping lemons and things like that from mm. wild beer i like the subtle ones i can't i just yeah, can't get on nice board beer. with the sour ones um in regards to stouts though i can imagine uh, you guys making a nice like oatmeal kind of pastry stout just yeah often. that's a good idea it's something with lots of oats in definitely to get that mouthfeel mm. yeah i have been working on a recipe there's a gang of us that get together well, we haven't got together for ages since, mm. well, before lockdown, we haven't seen each other, actually, actually seen each other. We've talked on mm. WhatsApp a fair bit, but we've been trying to put some recipes together because one or two of those guys are wizards with the dark stuff. Mm. Um, so it, it will happen. We will do a dark beer soon. Um, with winter coming, I think it's inevitable that we're going <laughs> to go to the dark side. Yeah. It's just choosing, just choosing the right beer. Something nice and big-bodied, you know, something... Mm. Yeah, higher up on the ABV, maybe not as crazy as a twelve percent mm. double yeah. imperial stout, but somewhere in between. Hey, never say never. <laughs> you no, like never, your, absolutely never you say like never. No. <laughs> I'm more. I've got a sweet tooth. Yeah. Um, does it feel like it's gone quite fast for you, like the progression and success? Was I, I remember meeting you at Vessel at that event, and that was was that like a year ago? Was that last summer? It might have been last summer. That was um, dry January, wasn't it? it was, oh, was that was the beginning of the year? Wow, okay. Was it really? <laughs> I think that's just a yeah. testament to how long, quick, this, how much of this year's gone. <laughs> oh I think God. that was, was it this year? It must be this it year. It might have been this have been year. year. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, it would have been because we only started canning back in November. Mm. All right. Yeah, because I managed so, yeah. to get a bottle at one point. I got yeah. Gert Lush in bottle. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. a great bit. I love that. I, really <laughs> I love that genuinely, because of obviously it's called Gert Lush and your <laughs> logo, I thought it was from Lush. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Lush have made a beer. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe I should one. talk to them. <laughs> do a collab oh I'd be down <laughs> oh yeah does it feel like it's gone quite quickly for you yeah I think it does absolutely um, and I, I never want to blow my own trumpet about success but I do feel like it's um, it's been a really successful year even mm. though it's been a shit year yeah and it's not exactly been the nicest year is it um, for a lot of businesses and I don't think the hospitality industry is in a very good place but um, as a brewery I've managed to keep my head above the water and Still going on with expansion expansion plans, yeah. Despite everything going on, um, I think that's the right thing to do. I'm sure that people are going to continue to drink beer regardless of what's going on. Yeah, seems seems to have proven itself during the lockdown that more people were drinking cans of beer. I couldn't make it quick enough. Yeah, I wasn't keg, wasn't kegging anything. It was all mm. going straight into cans. Yeah, which was a hell of a hell of a process. Mm. Um, but yeah, that. That shows that the success is there and the market's there for us. So, yeah, it has come quickly, but I've got to adapt quickly and expand quickly and then I can fulfill all that demand and keep myself up there yeah. with the rest of the boys. Do you, do, can people buy direct from your website or do you just stock to beer shops and, and pubs? No, we don't sell direct at the moment. That was kind of a, um, 
a decision that we thought long and hard about and decided that it was best to just keep selling direct. Okay. Um, just to kind of support the shops that supported us at the beginning. Yeah. Give, give them the, um, the supply of beer that they were after yeah. without the customer coming direct. Cause a lot of breweries closed off that channel. Yeah. I know that Cloudwater did it. Mm. And they've, they've got a much bigger concern and they've obviously got to protect their business and they've done what's best for them. Um, but I felt it was necessary for me to protect everyone else's business and just sell the beer to the yeah. bottle shops, mm. yeah. which I think has paid off. You know, I've still got those bottle shop customers coming back to me whenever there's a new beer release. They're always in their list yeah. in awesome. the melee to try and get a case or two. Yeah. And, and I guess you kind of then, because, you know, by the time this gets released, we would have done a few episodes on kind of the relationship between beer shops and, and breweries uh, or yeah. at least spoken about it. And yeah, a lot of beer shops are finding that, you know, there used to be kind of this, you know, I, well, I say used to be, it still is obviously the hype beer, people getting really excited for, you know, the new beer come Friday. And, you know, now that we're, when we were in lockdown, we found that breweries were sort of like cranking them out on a daily basis. And then you could buy direct from the brewery. Mm. And by the time that beer shops could get them in, it was, you know, a week afterwards or two weeks afterwards and the sort of ship had sailed and we were on to the next hype beer. So mm -hmm. I think it is great to hear that, you know, you guys are still very much supportive of that ecosystem where mm -hmm. people need to, you know, and you can wait then, you know, because sometimes beers get released too quickly and they're a bit too fresh. Yeah, I, th I, th I think that's fairly common, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Beer will come out and you'll open it. If, you, if you're one of the guys that wants to get it straight away and I've, I've been the same before where a beer has been released on the day and cracked it open and it's been oh I think I might leave that next can for a week or two yeah. just to let it settle down you know it's still got hot burn going on yeah yeah um which is a brewer you, you you should be able to spot that as you package it um but you know there's a lot of pressures on brewers to get beers out there get the fermenter empty get the next beer in there mm. move on um not something that I tend to do we've only got two fermenters and a bright tank in here right um it is vital that we get the beers in and out through that system as quick as possible because there's only two, but only when it's ready. So I'll give it those extra few days in cold conditioning mm. just to make sure nothing worse than sending a beer out that isn't ready in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to talk about um, the actual artwork on your cans? Who do you kind of get to... Well, this that, that the photos, aren't they? Yeah, these yeah. are the photo ones. So who, who do you kind of... who's your? Do you have a go-to person? Do you find new people all the time what's your kind of what's your thought pro uh, process on on can artwork okay so um i've got a really good friend kieran who's mm. a graphic designer who does them all for me i'll send him over the details of the beer yeah all the ingredients and the, the blurb you see on the side um and that's pretty much it and a name and he comes back with all the designs he'll give me three or four each time generally wow. Um, it's up to me to choose, which is really hard because they're all so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he he just takes that as a brief and interprets what he thinks I mean. Yeah. And sometimes he's way off what I was thinking, but most of the time the artwork is brilliant. I can't mm. I can't fault what he does. Yeah. And I think we're kind of different in that we are, yeah we are using images, mm. um, but they're really nice images that work yeah. for brands here. There's uh, especially the lager, all the surfing yeah. that goes on. In around the north coast, yeah, It'd be a bit mad not to encompass that and put it in as part of your part of your branding. Yeah, I think I think as well. Um, you'll always kind of in the same way you'll notice a North Brew um, 
you, you know, it's just a North Brew beer. You'll, like you know, it will stand out from everyone else because I think everyone else is kind of like Left Handed Giant had a really good style, and I think lots of people now have kind of jumped on that style to a point where you go and it's a lot of drawn cartoon cartoon beer stuff and everything's great but after a while it does blend in so i think going down a photography route definitely helps it stand out as well especially when it looks like that yeah do you think that will do you think are you open to that changing or do you think now that you've kind of gone we're gonna it's photos you'll stick to that hey man Whatever Kieran decides to come up with with his plans, I'm good with. Because, you know, <laughs> if there's one thing I'm really rubbish at, it is graphic design. I, mm. I can draw with straight lines, AutoCAD. I can design you some steel work for what this, that, and the other. But <laughs> when it comes to being artistic, then uh, yeah, you, know, <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to know your limits sometimes. I think and not try and control everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm quite happy to take his knowledge on board and go with what. He thinks it's best, you know. We, mm. we we have weekly meetings and decide what what style he's going to come up with for the next beer. And I don't see us going away from imagery, yeah, that quickly. Um, mm. No, we're, we're actually toying with the idea of getting some local artists to do some some friends of ours that like to draw things. Yeah, um, see if we can get them involved. You know, when when we've got a bigger bigger output, it'd be more cost effective to do that so that we can mm. pay them the it's a fair amount for the work. I wouldn't expect them to do it for nothing. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's something that we'd hopefully do. And that, that works both ways. You've seen Northern Monk do that with their mm. patron series. It's yeah. phenomenal. The, that's mm. the support that they give to their local industry and all their local artists. It's phenomenal. Yeah. If I can do a small part of the same thing, I'm quite happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that about the patrons. It's, you see so yeah. many different, it's photography. It's, it's there's so many different ones. Yeah. What I do like about um your design, whilst we're on that topic, is the fact that you, your um logo changes. It is a color, like coordinated with the designs on the can, so it's not yeah. like always the same. It's it matches the can, and I I really. But it's still. I mean, the logo itself uh, is like really noticeable and iconic. Mm. So it's not like. Oh, you think so? Yeah, 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 yeah I think yeah. so. Yeah, it's not like you're changing it so much to a point that you don't know what it is so yeah no i really like that it just makes it make it doesn't because some logos can really like just i don't know pop out mm. not necessarily in a positive way against mm. a design and i think that's quite a cool thing to do that i haven't seen before so I like that. yeah well when when kieran first came around with a with a pitch he did it properly um and i got quite emotional at the end of it because it took him about an hour to go through the whole logo that he'd built up and wow. a few design briefs and by the end of it, I was just sat there going, wow, I just felt this tingling down my spine going, this is phenomenal. I've got such a, a it's like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like we've got a connection with the with the logo because of the way he described it all to me. But it, it's part of the ethos of the business now. That, that, that logo has to has to kind of stay there. But mm. like, you, like you rightly said, it evolves through different beers, so different colour schemes. Mm. not afraid to muck around with purples and pinks and violets and all of that because it, it really does work it just makes it pop yep. um without making the logo look out of place it, yeah. yeah i think yeah. the guy's a genius but he won't, <laughs> he won't take any kudos for it at all he won't have his name on any of the labels oh, wow, okay. he's, not, he's not interested in anything like that he's just happy to see the business succeed and to be helpful I mean, what a guy that's wow that's really well nice. no one's going to steal him away from you then <laughs> <laughs> no well he works he works already as a graphic designer now. he's got a job doing that yeah. Time, yeah. so this, this is just a little sideline mm. which um, I think I'm assuming he enjoys doing 
Although yeah. I do pester him every, every now and again. Just, Where's those labels, mate? <laughs> <laughs> do you? Yeah, what, what, do you? Uh, what? What is? Uh, if you can get into it, what is the meaning sort of behind the the sort of rings and things around the logo? Is there a, is there a meaning for that, or is it just kind of was it aesthetic? Yeah, well, we came up with a couple of meanings for that, but um, mm. the first one because he said pipeline. Okay, that could be a pipe. You could be looking at the end mm. of a pipe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tube cut cut open, but he said pipeline. Really, why did he name it pipeline? And it was partly partly because there's lots of pipes in the brewery. I thought that was a pretty cool, <laughs> uh, cool reason for it. But it's if I'm really honest, it's um, the big Hawaii surf break pipeline. Is nice. phenomenal. Uh, okay. So if you look at it, it's a breaking wave. Right. Yeah, that's what I thought. I see. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking it was. I don't know whether that was because of the can that I'm actually looking at. I don't yeah. know whether that influenced, but <laughs> yeah. I yeah, well, a lot of these lagers and a few of the other beers are all that's kind of surf themed. Mm. Um, we've got one out at the moment called Pipe Dream, but um, mm. that's a pale with a, another surfer again going down a, going down a pipe, having a great time on his board. It's, it's just it's just one of those things that I, I really love. Yeah. I'm not very good at it. In fact, I'm awful. <laughs> I was but... about to ask. Yeah, <laughs> I've never, I've never tried, so I can't say anything. But yeah, I'm sat here with a 20 year old bloody what is it rip curl topper boy in Australia <laughs> years and years ago. Thought I was the the DBs out there. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, yes, we should probably. I mean, we've been talking about these particular cans. Yeah, um, so yes, we. Uh, I mean, we also picked up. Was it Pipe Dream that we got? What, the one I got? Mm. Yes, I believe so. Yes, we've got that in the fridge and we will be drinking that. Um, but I picked up the two uh, lagers that you've done uh, simply because I haven't had a lager by, from you guys before. And you've got, are they is it the same recipe? It's both? very similar. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. It's got similar, same ingredients, really. Um, mm. I use the same hops because if I'm going to open a bag of hops, mm-hmm. I like to use them all in within a very short period of time. So... Um, Brewed one beer straight after the other, mm-hmm. one one the next day. Mm. Um, so yeah, the same hops, just so split them between the batches in different proportions. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they're both a dry hopped lager, um, but one yeah. and we haven't mentioned this on the um, podcast before, which is why I thought we might as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one says uh, it's the pipe time export dry hopped lager. Would you like to explain um, what makes it export and what does that mean? What is it? Yeah, good question. Export is. Um, it's a Dortmunder style, so okay. it's a more, it's got more malt behind it, like you alluded to earlier, some beers have more malt and some don't, but it's got more of a malty background to it, so if you notice the difference between the two, it does taste a bit more malty, mm-hmm. um, but I still dry hop it because I, li- I like to dry hop most things, it just gives you that, it's not that when you take your first sip you're going to get those dry hops, it's when, you, when you've when you had your first sip and you're ready for the next one, you yeah. can get that finish that you get from hops which is unmistakable that kind of like a slight resiny mm-hmm. flavor that makes you want to go for another sip yeah um more so in the pipe time mm-hmm. that had, that's got more of a like a piney kind of flavor to it this i think the export is more malt malt driven than hop driven yeah um but it's, it's basically down to the strength strength mm-hmm. of the beer and the style is dortmunder yeah cool awesome thank you and uh for, for preference, uh, pipe time minus export is a five percent, and the export brings it up to a six percent. So, yeah, yeah, it kind of adds that little extra, and it does. It's got it's got heavier body to it. Yeah, um, I can tell yeah. that. Um, yeah, they do. They definitely taste different. This is more warming, mm. and 
yeah, malty and a little little bit more bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like both of these. I would drink both of these. But so. it's interesting to see how it changes. Yeah. By just changing a few things, yeah. how it's like yeah, kind of, totally. you know, it's almost the same kind of starting place, mm-hmm. but then you've done a few things and it's tweaked. Because I think, you know, a lot of people could look at it and go like, well, what, what exactly makes it so different? And when you drink mm-hmm. them next to each other, you do, yeah, you do notice those those changes. Yeah, it's, it's good to do a side-by-side comparison, isn't it? Because if, yeah. you, do one, if you drink one one day and then drink it the next day, mm. you, you could be streets apart from how they taste, you know? Yeah. Your palate's changed, you know? You've had a, a different day. Mm. You know, just, you've had a curry, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> we actually did. So we have had a curry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. well, that's the thing. You've got to keep... You've got to keep trying them on different days i mm. think i mean i'm i'm guilty of this of you try one brew and then you're like okay i've done that one next one but it's when you find a beer that you can keep drinking and enjoying constantly like you could drink it all night that's i think that's amazing if you can do that and a lot of the time it's yeah. lagers for those because they are kind of they're cleaner and mm. less heavy <clears throat> and yeah i like yeah absolutely the double ipas of a brew i wouldn't imagine anyone would be sat there drinking those all night i think it's like a, a one or two and then you're done yeah Mm. Um, I think I've tried. Flavors just get a little bit too full on after a while. Mm-hmm. Do you have any beers that you'll keep brewing over and over again? Like, do you have like a kind of core range, or do you do you see it always kind of changing? I like to keep it fresh. I think um, the, there's one or two that we've rebrewed. Forgotten Dreams got rebrewed, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, Sign Up Supernova, I think, is getting rebrewed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's going to be. I think pipe tie, that's probably the third time I've brewed that as well. So I think they're gradually becoming core beers. I just, it seems a bit putting a label on it to call it a core beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. It'll come out every now and again and you won't be able to get it all year round. Yeah. Um, until maybe we get to this stage in maybe a year, 18 months when we've got a lot more fermenters. We're going to start off with another four. Yeah. But they're, they're not cheap. So mm. um, maybe add to those over the next year maybe try and get up to 10 and then you can really start getting the output going yeah through yeah. every, every other day then for sure It'd be amazing i guess i guess it's well that like if you're brewing different things all the time it keeps it keeps it interesting for you rather than it just yeah. being like following the recipe yeah yeah it is nice to experiment but when you're doing it on a big scale it's a bit risky because you know <laughs> you, you could be brewing a beer that comes out nothing like you expected it goes down the drain which you know happens every now and again you've got yeah. to be aware of that but it's, it's expensive when that happens so you want to try and avoid that totally do you still do things on a on a pilot kit just to just to check it yeah. first <laughs> yeah yeah i've got a little 50 liter pilot kit yeah which is ideal it's, it don't get as much time to brew on that as i'd like mm. um but that's going to change next week when i get a bit more time off yeah <laughs> God, I bet you. Yeah. I bet you. In like in a month's time, you've just been thinking like, how did the hell did I do this before? <laughs> no, <laughs> totally. But I'll, I'll probably be busy, just as busy as I was before, yeah. just yeah, putting yeah. all the hours into the brewery instead of splitting it. I should imagine that's what it's going yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to ask as well earlier, actually. Um, going from your homebrew kit, and then going, I'm now going to make this, but on a far bigger scale. What? early lessons did you learn about that growth that change from hey i'm going to be doing 50 liters i'm now doing was it 600 liters yeah how how what mistake what, not mis- not mistakes but what lessons did you learn in in those initial kind of brews well i think one of the lessons i learned was don't trust anybody because 
one of the guys that I was buying the kit through ripped me off for it. Um, right. Yeah. He was a middleman mm. who mm. was between the fabricator and myself. Mm. And I got it, sent his, my designs off to him. It was all being made, getting photos sent back. Of It was clearly my design because no one else had come up with this design for the Whirlpool. Mm. Um, and when it came to delivery time, having paid 99% of the cost of it, it just didn't turn up. So he just basically took the money, did a runner, and wow. I'm left with no brewing vessels um, and no money left. So that almost took it off the rails straight to begin with. Wow. Was, that was six or seven grand just straight down the drain. Yeah, I had yeah. to find that money again and buy them again from from the fabricator who had made them. Yeah, I tracked that down and went out there and bought them, but. That, that wasn't a very good start, you know. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that was a hard lesson to learn, yeah. it really was. Gosh. Way to knock the wind out of your sails when oh. it comes to starting the business. Yeah, totally. You know, I, I, I like to believe that everyone's honest, but clearly clearly not. Yeah. So that, that, that was a big learning curve. Mm. Um, but more brewing side, I think the biggest learning is um, trying to upscale your recipes from that smaller 50-litre, mm. 100-litre scale, mm. getting those up to 600 it's not as it's not a linear scale at all. It's, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Hop utilization changes as you get into the bigger vessels. So, um, to reduce the hop load and the boil. In fact, actually now I, I tend not to put any in the boil at all. Maybe a tiny, tiny couple of grams at the very beginning. It's more super late hops for me. Nice. Some in the whirlpool or dry hop is where all the money gets spent. You, you mentioned about the whirlpool. I'm not familiar <clears throat> with people t- mentioning that. And you said that that was something you kind of created without kind of giving the game away do you want to talk about what that is yeah sure it's not giving the game away it's all no secrets um funny enough someone approached me this week i've been on, a, on another podcast discussing openness between the beer community and said look if you want to ask any questions get in touch yeah so, so there's a guy emailing <laughs> me for the water profile for new england ipas quite happy to share that with him you know it's, yeah. it's not it's not a secret it's just that's that's what works for me mm. it might not be the same for him but quite happy to share that information but yeah no the whirlpool's not not a, um like a secret weapon it's it's basically um a, a process that at the end of the boil do you want me to talk through the brewing process you must know a little bit about um, it right but, i mean i'm aware of whirlpools <laughs> i'm not but i mean if i mean it's for me it's meant to be you, kind of like, yourself you know, and uh, i'm sure uh, quite a few listeners won't know what the like where the whirlpool Ooh. I'll ask the dumb questions. Where does the whirlpool <laughs> come in? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got your you got your mash, which has got your grains in it and your water, yeah, um, or liquor as we call it in the brewing industry. Mm. You drain that off into your um, kettle, mm-hmm. and you run some more water through the grains to what's called sparge, and it's basically rinsing the extra sugars out. That gets put into the into the kettle, and you boil that for sixty minutes, ninety minutes, depending on what the beer style is. Um, and then the whirlpool section of that is when it gets cooled down to, for us, we cool it down to about 78 degrees mm-hmm. um, and a pump fires it back in through a tangential inlet into the kettle. So that's basically a piece of the pipe welded on at an angle mm-hmm. so that it pushes it around the outside of the tank and starts a whirlpool like a, a plug emptying. So it starts spinning around, around, around. Yeah. Uh, and then you chuck your hops in and let it stand for 20 minutes. Okay. And it, in the brewery, whenever that happens, like, oh, sticking your nose over the fence because it's the, the aroma that you get from that is phenomenal. Um, but I wanted a tank that would really 
take the amount of hops that we're putting in there in the whirlpool and wouldn't clog up the outlets. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's got a dished bottom and um, drain outlets at different heights along the outside of the tank. Yeah. So you start at the top and gradually work your way down. So you want to get that cone. If you look in the bottom of it, there's a cone of hot debris in the bottom, mm. um, which you want to just keep as a cone for as long as possible. You don't want that to go off into your into your fermenters. So that's basically what a whirlpool is, yeah. Putting in lots and lots of hops right. to get that aroma and um, finish that you you taste on a lot of beers comes, I think, from the whirlpool. That's, that's, mm. that's the basis of the beer, and what you layer on top of that is the dry hop. Yeah, I like to think of it as if you've ever been to Splashdown, um, <laughs> there's that like bowl type. Yeah, there's like a bowl flume that you get. Yeah, it's a, it's a whirlpool. So, so yeah. pipe, pipeline ever opens a theme park. <laughs> like the brewing experience. Oh my goodness, you could have inflatable hops that you like sit in. Oh. <laughs> the possibilities, man, they're endless. I love it. Maybe when Beaver Town gets going, what was it? What was he calling that? It was like Beaver World, wasn't it? Maybe oh, that's no, really. Beaver World. Oh my god! Logan Plant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we got the climate for it, really. Not yet. No, no, no. not sunny enough. Annoyingly. <laughs> no. My goodness. We've we mentioned about hops. Whereabouts do you like to get your hops from? Like, what, where, where, what areas of the world are you kind of? Do you go after? Is there is there an area you you target specifically, or do you just sort of judge it year by year? I go with what in season with the hop merchants um mm-hmm. it's taken a few years to get a decent supplier I've, I've bought them what's called spot buying where um a hop merchant will advertise what he's got at mm-hmm. any particular time and you'll just buy it there and then okay um and fell, fallen a bit foul of that occasion we touched on that earlier about the galaxy that these, the galaxy had come up on this particular merchant i won't name names but i'd had issues in the past with this merchant but this galaxy hops came up and i just was a bit of a sucker and went for it because you can't get galaxy hops they're so mm. hard to get hold of the, yeah. you know the, like um, hen's teeth so bought these hops and they, they're not i don't think they're up to scratch and it's what you really got to be careful of if you mm. use it as many hops as i do they've got to be 100 yeah. percent the best quality you can get yeah um so now i've got a couple of suppliers um yakima hops are one and brookhouse hops up in mm-hmm. I think they're in Worcester or somewhere out that way. Yeah. I'm exactly sure where they are. They're somewhere in the UK. Okay. Um, but, but they import from all the New World, mm. yeah. like US, Australia, New Zealand. Um, but their quality is second to none. So, yeah, yeah mm. I'm, I'm happy now. I've found a decent supplier and happy to trust that the hops I buy from them are not going to cause me any issues. Yeah. Mm, for sure. What's your favourite hop to work with? <laughs> mosaic. Yeah. I like a mosaic. Yeah. I like mosaic. Oh, that's, an easy, that's always an easy, like, everyone loves well, that one. Well, it's just, it's, <laughs> I don't know, I, I, I prefer it to Citra. Like, I mm. just, yeah, it's so much, like, nicer. It's got more, it's got more to it than Citra. Like, way more. Yeah, yeah I, well, you say that, it, it does dominate, doesn't it? If you put mosaic mm. into something, you can definitely taste it. It's yeah. got, it's got a, definitely got its own appeal and yeah. its own pungency. Mm. Whereas Citra, I think it's probably very difficult for you to pin down one. Yeah one part of citra that makes it citra because it's, it's tropical fruits for me it's yeah it, fruits whereas mosaic is dank and berries and yeah uh, maybe a bit of weed going on in there that's, <laughs> that's the description you put on those mm. yeah yeah i think like yeah citra just it makes me think of like lemon and limes um, cool. i was gonna one last like one last question for me i guess was like are what obviously without giving the game away if you are currently about to do any collabs but like are there any breweries out there in the UK or Europe 
um, that you're like massive fans of? Like, are there any, is there any sort of breweries that you would love to do a collab with? And if so, why? Yeah, well, I think if you, if you could choose any one, I think I'd like to do something with Cloudwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did a, an event with them. They do these, um, I don't know what you call them, like a virtual tasting. Yeah. So you buy a pack of beers on their website and mm-hmm. they give you a, a code to their YouTube channel, I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. And you can join in and you open the beers at the same time as them and get chatting about it. Yeah. And we got approached um, by them to supply a beer for that. Um, and we sat there and watched Paul Jones crack open one of our beers and <laughs> drinking it and going, my God, this is a really accomplished beer. And that for me was like, oh, oh, if he says that, then oh, yeah, I salute that man. So yeah, I'd like to go and do something with them because they've, they've always been outstanding. Mm. Yeah. They really have. They've always, from the very start, they were, I don't know whether you remember the deeper series that they were doing, V1, V2, V3, etc. in mm. bottles that was as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, each iteration was different, but they blogged about it so much and they gave so much information away. Like, this is what we did. This is how we did it. This is, the ingredients this is the additions that we added to the water mm. they were so open about it and phenomenal and no one else was really doing that at the time so yeah hats off to those guys and their beer has just gone from strength to strength hasn't it yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. i can definitely see a collab between the two of you for sure like i can literally taste it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'd be nice uh, i'm not i'm not asked them to do one so mm. if if somehow they get to listen to this by all means approach me you know? that would be great um, <laughs> well actually yeah. i don't know we, we maybe we've got some people that might listen so mm. yeah, maybe mm. <laughs> oh and i guess yeah. actually i just realized the last thing because we kind of briefly mentioned about your expansion tap room like oh yeah do you want to talk about kind of the the the, the overall plans for for pipeline over the next kind of 12 months yeah sure that'd be great yeah um yeah we talked about expanding into the bigger premises and getting the tap room going mm. which i think is key because you can then meet customers and chat to them, see what they think about your beers, see what they do and what they don't like. Mm. Feedback is, is vital. I use Untapped a fair bit for seeing how people are rating the beers. Um, I think it's really useful to stay in touch with what people that are drinking your beers think about it. Yeah. And that way you can perhaps make improvements or little tweaks here and there just to make it that perfect beer. Um, so yeah, tap room, we'd be able to have the customers sat in front of you, chatting to you, mm-hmm. telling you what they do and don't like about your beers. That, that's, that'd be amazing. Um, but the only way we're going to facilitate that is, I think, to raise some more funds. So um, we're going to be doing a crowdfunder to try and help, help pay for that. Yeah, awesome. um, Probably going to get that done before Christmas. Um, I don't want to say too much about that because people then might start looking for the crowdfunder and it's not there because I haven't <laughs> finalised the deal yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's... Yeah, yeah, watch this space, exactly. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled. But I, th- I think a crowdfunder would be a good way to do it. People get a great reward. They get money off in a bar or exclusive beers and merch, merch, merch. Everyone loves a bit of a T-shirt mm. or, or beanie or maybe so coming into winter, something like a hoodie. Um, just something <laughs> exclusive, you know, to try and get people to part with their hard-earned and help us get mm. to the place we want to get. Thank you very much, Johnny, for coming on. If people wanted to find him on the socials, he had this to say. If you go onto our website, pipelinebrewing.co.uk, you'll see on there is a list of outlets in and around Cornwall and nationally. Um, so wherever you are, you can get that. And there's obviously quite a few online retailers included in that as well. So if you can't get it locally, you can always get on the internet and find it on there. And as he mentioned at the end of that, I think, yes, I, I 
would definitely love to uh, probably back him uh, oh, yeah. on that Kickstarter when or if that goes live. I think we I maybe edited that out a little bit, but we did spend the last kind of couple of minutes gushing. Oh my goodness! About how much we loved we his beers. Ridiculous. Uh, so sorry, Johnny, for our uh, fanned <laughs> fanness of fan, your beers. Fan girl boy boying. Yeah. Um. But yeah, definitely. If you see Pipeline in your local beer shop, definitely give them a try. Definitely. Uh, he's also done a collab with Firebrand as well, so uh, look out for that one. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find the podcast on Castbox, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can follow Phoebe on Untapped. Mm-hmm. You can email us at hellohighhops at gmail.com. I think that's all. Yeah. Um, we'll be yeah. back next week with probably not an interview, <laughs> but we do have many more interviews on the horizon. Yes, we've got some goodies. We've got several coming. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.